0: to Third Way Thinking, brought to you by Reverend Ryan Kennedy and Gargi Agrawala. This podcast is designed to help you do life better and find heart-led solutions to everyday problems and struggles. Today we have a very special guest joining our conversation. She's a dear friend of mine, Tammy Jordan. She's truly a light in the world and kind of a hero mom as well to me, but that's a different story for a different time. She really embodies what it means to live and move in service, which is the topic of today. And that's why we wanted to bring her on to share her exuberance and her insights with you. So Tammy can be found weekly devoting her time to the Denver Ronald McDonald House. Uh, She also spends time at the NICU at Children's Hospital and also works with Swedish Hospital in a chapter called No One Dies Alone. So that's um, a facility for making sure people can pass to the other side without being alone. So it's kind of interesting to me how she is part of the NICU and holding newborn babies in the form of life and then she's also with people as they exit out in their death. Another wonderful thing she's done is about two years ago, she co-founded a woman's group called Legacy 22 and that focuses on education encouragement and inspiration for women over 40 and I've been privileged to be a part of that and watch that grow as well so welcome Tammy. Hi, thank you. So I want to start by asking you why do you volunteer what does it mean to you personally and what aspects of you does it
1: fill? So that's actually three questions but three in one yeah it's a threefer. Um, You know uh, I volunteer Okay, let's just be honest. First of all, because it fills my tank um, and and gives a great deal of meaning to my life. I think because I was raised from when I was young that service is important and that giving back is important, um, I... As long as I can remember. I mean, even in high school, I was a candy striper, and I volunteered at all kinds of things. You know, the, the Mission to Mexico field trip in high school, you know, just everything. So no matter where I've lived in my life, I've always tried to look around and find places or ways that perhaps I might be able to serve in some capacity. It doesn't need to be fancy. You know, I, I don't have any rigid rules about that. But Was it
0: model to you? Did your parents do service and volunteerism?
1: You know, my parents were really good about stuff. Like my mom used to um, mow the yard for the elderly lady that lived next door. My mom was over 50, Mm -hmm. sometimes over 60. I mean, just general kindness, so lovely. Um, I always wonder if that's why some people are more
0: driven to service and some aren't. My mom also, she would um, do Meals on Wheels. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have that Mm -hmm. in America, but in Mm -hmm. England, it's a service for the elderly. And she would uh, work in the hospice shop. And she didn't make a big deal of it. But I always grew up watching that and knowing that. So I just knew it's something that I would always do. It was kind of a non-negotiable for me.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you don't need to be degreed or have any fancy expertise to help out. I mean, it's just, it's simple, down-home, real, true. And I kind of love that. You know, just that natural connection with somebody else needs something. And you can come in and maybe help out a little i mean what awesomeness is that
0: yeah but i know that you're quite reserved and shy about your giving because um, i've known you a while and i didn't know all the things you did because you don't necessarily volunteer that information up front it's i feel something that you are protective of is that fair and if so why oh
1: what a good question man it really makes you think about oh yeah i'm kind of doing that um you know in thinking about it i think Part of it is that um, in my family, you didn't brag about what you did that's um, good. That was bad manners, maybe. Um, and I think, too, because my faith background is Christian, and there was a lot of teaching around, you know, Jesus got kind of uh, seriously irritated at um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were his religious group of his day um, because they were really bragging about what they did. And so there was really a feeling in the particular area of the church where I was raised that you don't you don't flash that not cool. Um, so because of that, um, I've been a little reticent. Plus, I just really believe that you know service is just suiting up, showing up, and doing your best. It's not fancy. It's not something that. I so don't do know. you
0: think it's just really personal and something that
1: you don't talk about? I do think it's really personal, because I think you know what all what each of us gives and the manner in which we've chosen to give it is is sacred and is super personal. Um, but when you said you don't really talk about it, I started to sort of think, gosh, I mean, how do you inspire other people to to really go to their sweet spot and find what they bring to the table and give it if you're not ever say anything about it? Mm-hmm. So. You've challenged me on that. It's a good question. Because
0: I remember when I found out that you do the Ronald McDonald House and then you do the NICU and the babies and you do the No One Dies Alone, it was almost like push it under the carpet. Oh, yeah, yeah, anyway, and let's move on. Let's just, oh, too much light there. Let's just, (laughs) you know, take a different turn
1: and let the conversation maybe come back to me or to something else. Yeah. Well, you know, too, it's just so darn much fun that like it's the super awesome thing that I'm like so embarrassed that I get to do these super great things mm-hmm. every week mm-hmm. and I almost feel bad for other people. Do you Isn't want that to it secret in a way? No, 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 no. But it's just like, I, it's, it feels like bragging because oh. it's so marvelously uh, nourishing mm-hmm. to get to do and other people don't. And so I feel like, oh, it's bragging. Like, you know, as if you asked me what are those shoes and I said, they're Prada, I, you oh, know? Right we got to have the pastor come in on this. Yeah, yeah. so,
2: I, so <laughs> hi, everyone. I told hi, Garvey Ryan. and Tammy that I was going to function as studio audience today, and I'm going to jump in and chime in where um, where it seems fit. But a question I always think that's good to ask of people that are doing the on-the-ground work, um, especially when you're talking about No One Dies Alone, um, do you ever battle the cynicism, the, the parts of us that say, the world's not changing. Why bother? I mm. could just stick to myself here. I could just, just look out for me, myself, yeah. my family, my mm-hmm. loved ones. Mm-hmm. What do you do when the cynicism creeps up?
1: I, I think that I am blessed with a fairly optimistic temperament, and that's helpful. I got that from my mother. Um, it also leans me towards sometimes having a little bit of Chihuahua temperament, so you know there's ups and downs with that. But um, we all got that visual, sure. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And and it is hard because we do have busy lives and to find the time and you know. But I, uh, I just believe that we live in community for a reason, and that. It, I don't believe that you run out when you give. You know that whole thing where Jesus with the fishes and the bread and everything, and and there just ended up being more than enough for everybody? I just believe if you give where your heart feels called, wherever that is, there's no judgment on that, there's going to be more than enough for all of us. I mean, that's just in the fiber of, I think, maybe who I am and and the way I see the world. Let me just see if I heard you
0: right, what I heard is that when you give to others, you don't deplete, no. So your energy to give it's the to magic. someone else, yeah. In fact, maybe re
1: fills you as opposed to depletes you. Yeah, you know, I think that giving, on a fundamental level, obviously it connects you with the humanity of another person. But I also think that the larger thing that goes on for me when I serve or I give is that I choose to be a channel for divine love, that I sort of, through practical, mundane uh, actions, allow the love, big L love, to come through me and to touch somebody else. And it is my greatest prayer that just in basic, everyday actions that nobody notices and maybe you know seem no big deal that somehow in that someone has some transformative loving energy transferred to them and that it edifies and strengthens and inspires them so just philosophically that's where i'm coming from on it
0: beautiful really nice so i don't think the listeners have heard from you the specifics of the volunteering you do and because mm-hmm. you're
1: doing it can you talk to the three areas of service that you do. Yeah, I um, I volunteer weekly at Ronald McDonald House, which is um, there's two. There's one in downtown Denver and there's one out by Children's Hospital. Um, Ronald McDonald House is not actually funded really by Ronald McDonald. Um, it's privately funded, but it is a home, a large home uh, hotel sort of a situation. And when families have sick. Or injured children, they can stay at the house um, for super reduced fee or free if necessary, um, so that uh, as they as they're investing their days trying to get their child treated and those things, they can come home to warm meals, a bed, a shower. Um, we have laundry facilities there, so I work the front desk, checking people in and and out and and um, helping families, providing support at a time when they're really at a vulnerable place in their lives. What called you to that? Why that and not the soup kitchen? You know, um, my, (laughs) you know you're gonna make me cry. Um, My, I had a brother um, who uh, was much younger than my sister and and he was born um, with dwarfism and some physical abnormalities and um, my parents ended up having to travel sometimes to hospitals to have his condition considered and and looked at and um sometimes they needed a place to stay and they were of you know more humble means and so I just saw firsthand the kind of support that somebody might need so when I heard about Ronald McDonald House Mm -hmm. and what they do I was like right on this is awesome yeah and I do believe that
0: I think the areas we choose to serve and love have a personal story and they should Mm -hmm. because like you said what is in your heart will be different to what's in my heart yeah
1: and just these families just the I I try to be kind and and positive and a light and a hug if you need it just at the front desk nothing more than that it's not fancy I you know I'm not specially gifted at anything I'm just a nice person mm. and sometimes man in your own life have you not found that that can make a difference and sometimes I pray that it's does.
0: that first connection that first person that greets you at the reception.
1: That makes or breaks it yeah yeah and hi have a good day Mm. um children's hospital i am there because all right they let me hold the babies i'm just that's (laughs) that's 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 the bottom line comes (laughs) out yeah yeah the other thing is i discovered that um i was i took this tour of children's hospital and i was so excited and i thought this is the most magnificent wonderful place these people are helping kids and families who want their babies to be okay and i was just so stoked by it and i was telling a friend and she was looking at me like i had three heads and i'm like what and i go don't you just love hospitals and especially this kind of an environment and she's like no it occurred to me this could be a sign maybe i need to be here helping because this lights my fire i mean part of how you figure out where am i to serve is you see where's your fire lit
2: you know I'm, i'm reminded of elizabeth gilbert you know her her work Mm -hmm. You Pray, Love, and then Big Magic, Mm -hmm. she says, uh, she had a great line around that. She said, stop asking what the world needs Mm. and start asking what makes you come alive. Because that's what the world needs is more people who are alive because we're so dead. So when you come alive, you're going to go meet the world's greatest needs, but you have to come alive first.
0: And uh, Wayne Dyer, I'm going to butcher his quote, but he said something to the effect that, when you feel that passion inside of you, that's actually God moving through you mm. mm-hmm. and asking you to be who you are meant to be and yes. take the risk to become who you have to be. And yeah. I love the word risk because there is an element of courage oh, to for follow sure. that
1: thing inside. Oh, it's terrifying. Before I got the volunteer at Children's, I was so terrified they would not want me. And I didn't know what to do with how sad that was <laughs> gonna make me. Mm. Luckily, that was not the but case. you took the risk. I took the risk. And there were some lovely people who said, we are just about crazy enough to let you hold our babies. <laughs> so tell me the juxtaposition between holding babies and cradling this new life and then what it feels like to be with those passing. Oh, it's so precious. Oh, it is. I mean, these babies, the love, It. I, I do not have good words for that. But it's powerful for me to be able to pick somebody up in and around all of the tubes and... Wiring that's on you right now because babies in the NICU are babies in critical condition. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet, to be able to hold them and to, you know, kiss their little heads and and tell them I love you, and, and, you know, just the, the, I always pray over my babies. And, I was going and, to ask you, do you have something you do with them? I do. do. Sort of I try to pray over them. I try to bring loving energy into the room. And, and I don't really know what the um, appropriate destiny is for these children. So I I don't take it upon myself to condescend to know that. Instead, what I try to do is bring the maximum amount of love into this room so that these children and the parents, or even the, God bless the nurses who take care of them, um and the doctors um, so that everybody can be moved by that love. Because I just believe that if we all are influenced and motivated and moved by love, we're gonna make good, beautiful choices that bring meaningful things into our lives that are the highest and best, right? So do you find when you've been there, let's say you've been holding babies that morning, Are you
0: a different person for the rest of the day?
1: Oh, they just, they don't leave you. Just the preciousness of that. And then you sort of contrast that because that's such a new life with the No One Dies Alone is independent chapters if anybody has interest in it. Um, Each hospital will have its own chapter. The one I'm affiliated with is at Swedish Hospital. And um, that is, there's sort of a similarity to the work though in that you go in and many times people are not overtly conscious. So mm. um, you, uh, I hold hands, I, you know, I, I have a like standard line when I come in, I say, hi, I'm Tammy and I'm gonna be your angel today. Mm. And then I hold hands, I don't let go of a hand because I just feel like I, I can't tell what else they can register but I want them to know they are not alone. And sometimes I'm quiet. Sometimes I, I, you know, the real thing I do is I say, God, what would you have me bless this person? They're at the end. They're walking home. They're. Um, sometimes I feel like it's the opposite of birth labor, but the the labor that the soul is about to leave that body. Yeah. And so I just try sort to of be. Also includes messiness and pain. Yes. And uh, bloody and yeah. it Just is so real and people Mm. don't smell so good at that point you know and yet to choose to come in and just love on them in a way that's appropriate for them that's my whole goal there like i hold hands and and i'll touch cheeks and rub foreheads whatever i feel like they're need i have sung god bless these poor people have to leave this earth haven't heard me sing (laughs) but sometimes i'll sing whatever whatever i'm told um And uh, just whatever I'm given, I'll share with them. You know, you know that you're loved. Don't leave here without knowing it.
0: Like in both instances, you're just
1: allowing yourself to be an instrument. Bottom line, that's it. That's it. Whether I'm volunteering in my kids' classroom, you know, uh, proctoring the AP test, even, really, what I'm trying to do is just be here and open up a a channel for love to flow through.
2: Kimmy, are you going to talk about the, the rock? that She's holding <laughs> the most beautiful rock, and what's it? Um, what um, is
1: it? It's crystal and something else, some other stone, stone striated in it, and it's just gorgeous. It looks like an onyx to me. Yeah. I know. It Isn't it beautiful? I don't know. But it, it's one of those things where it was just really comforting to hold it, and thus I am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So what's been one of the most tender or moving or poignant moments in
1: your experience of volunteering? There must be some that just stand out to you. Oh, my goodness. And there, there are so, are so many. many. Yeah. But, you know, for every fancy pants moment that you can tell about, there are hours of mundane, ordinary days when nobody noticed and nobody yeah. cared and you just suited up, showed up and did your best. Right. But a cu- and, and that's beautiful, powerful, and it lays groundwork for things that we may never know that I always assume that. Couple of stories that you might enjoy that stuck out to me. Years ago, um, I found myself in Birmingham, Alabama with um, uh, some time on my hands. And so I ended up volunteering at the Children's Hospital there, which is part of what led me to the Children's Hospital here. And um, I was in the playroom on Saturdays. And one Saturday I was in there at our little round table and we're coloring and this darling little blondie comes in, glorious little blonde thing, and I'm laughing, and I always try to get the kids to laugh because I figure, you know, it's kind of a rough gig to be stuck in a hospital on a Saturday. So I'm teasing them, and we're coloring, and she's kind of looking around, a very observant little thing. She was sharp. And so I notice that she is slowly moving chairs sideways, getting a little like on the clock, tick, 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 she's getting closer to me and um and just watching me watching me and so she gets over right near me and um and she says hey watch this and she reaches her little hand behind her back she's maybe seven somewhere between five and seven and she grabs the back of that glorious blonde hair and she gives it a tug and it slides back and in this moment it dawns on me she's got cancer and this is a wig and um And all I could think was, give me wisdom. Because I really wanted to meet her where she needed me to be. And I just said, cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. Next thing I know, she's in my lap and she doesn't leave for the rest of the time. And it was so beautiful because I felt like, okay, I've done my job. I connected with her. I gave her something that she needed. But I want you to know what that little pistol gave me I will never forget. You know just to look for people you don't know what they're hiding you don't know what's inside just be loving and honest and real and then maybe somewhere within that the power of it all comes through you know mm-hmm. um, the other one I'll go to the other end of the spectrum um, the other I've had some great experiences with people who are going to pass one lady Um, that I sat with. Um, Sometimes you get a little information and sometimes you don't. this particular lady, all I walked into the room knowing is that she was registered Catholic. I am not Catholic and I I don't know a whole lot about Catholicism. Um, So, But I'd recently been to my first rosary and I thought it was really beautiful. So I went in and I I just held her hand and I prayed and and she was very old, like somewhere closer to a hundred than seventy yeah so um i thought to myself okay well maybe she would like the rosary because i super love the rosary now that i've heard it and so um so i uh, thank god for modern technology you can google the rosary Mm -hmm. it's awesome (laughs) so i read the rosary with her many many times and i love the part that says um, you know mary be with us now and at the hour of our death because i know that i am here with her at the hour literally of her death right and so i prayed that with her and then i got done and i was thinking i'm a huge fan of ave maria i love it and so i thought hey i can get it on my youtube so i youtubed it and i'm playing it for her and i noticed there are six other versions We had an Ave Maria Fest right there, she and I. (laughs) And the nurse came in and she looked at me like, what's the matter with you? But it was awesome. And so I played it. And I ended up staying with her an extra hour because I realized I could still get away with that and then go get my daughter to put her on the bus for schools because I'd gone in very early in the morning. And um, so I stayed with her. And towards the end of that time... This lady came in, an older lady, and I was kind of flipped out because usually there's no one that comes in except nurses. God bless the nurses at Swedish Hospital Um, who came in and um, and then I realized, oh, this must be her daughter. And so I said, I'm Tammy. I'm with No One Dies Alone and introduced myself. And I'm all nervous because I'm not usually having to talk to like non-dying people. And um, and so she she greeted me, and she was this quiet, very sweet lady. And I was nervous talking, as I am wont to do, and so I said, um, I, ho- I hope it's okay. I read the rosary with her, and she nodded, and then we, a little bit, and I, I said it again, I, I hope it's okay, I read the rosary to her, and she said, honey, when she was alive, for as long as she could she read the rosary every morning mm. and i was wow. so relieved and grateful at that point like that i had done something beautiful and so i said well and also i prayed ave maria for her a like bunch. six times yeah i said i found all the versions and played it and i hope that's okay and she looks at me and she's such a quiet sweet lady and she had tears in her eyes and she said that was her favorite song. Yes. And I was so happy because I felt like this woman in her hour of need, God gave me what she needed to, you know, what she needed, genuinely needed at that point. But it was kind of the the, the combo platter because now her daughter knows that God took care of her then. And the beauty of that and that I was allowed to be in the middle and just channel between that, oh, well, the you best helped with the completion it was complete yeah. for everybody yeah yeah so uh, th- those are two of my special memories that I have really lovely
0: where I was going earlier was mm. when you've been with the babies and I don't know if it's the same when you're with the dying but does it change your energetic space do you come at life differently do you greet your daughter differently do you treat Mm -hmm. your husband differently Mm -hmm.
1: does it change you um yes it it makes you insanely grateful Mm -hmm. for every moment good or bad because we just don't know these people in the hospital or these people who are passing I mean they didn't ask for what's happening it's just the random dice roll of what goes down so to remember to be grateful and to be present In every moment of your life, a definite
0: takeaway. I have to imagine that your awareness is dialed up compared to most of us who live our familiar lives going from routine to routine, which kind of numbs the soul in a way. But because you're here every Mm. week doing this, I'm wondering if it, I mean, I think it has to, it's not a wonder. Yeah. Um, Your awareness has to be dialed up.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just are so grateful for even normal moments you know it 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 going to chick-fil-a with your kids and laughing I mean it do do you know how many people in the hospital don't get to do that you 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 have to I for me I need I I strive to stay present and to be grateful Mm -hmm. that's a powerful thing the other thing that always surprises me is that is the just the gentle reminder that we are all Souls that got downloaded into bodies. We didn't get to choose those bodies nor control them, as best I can tell. Um, and that on that level, we are fundamentally the same. That bodies are goofy, ridiculous things. When I hold, you know, these babies and some of the the, the things they've got going on, and then with the older people and you know systems that are beginning to fail. You just realize it doesn't freaking matter what the body is who's inside there that's who needs love and to be cared for and acknowledged for the for the soul that's inside that body. regardless of the package yeah regardless of the package seriously you know recently for Ronald mcdonald house I had to speak to um, I went to a, a group of sixth graders and, and told them about the house and they asked awesome questions they're great kids Kids always do oh the best and this one little girl at the very end she asked me the like the question she just nailed me she said um is it hard um when people have when kids have like she was trying to say physical abnormalities i don't remember the the term that she used and um is that hard to see? And I had that moment where I just froze. And then, you know, I I, I always think of the uh, Velveteen Rabbit where he asked the skin horse, does it hurt to be real? Yes, says the skin horse, for he was always truthful. And I thought, you have to be truthful. truthful. So I thought, I said, you know what? Yeah, sometimes it is. It's, it's a hard thing to see um, certain things about people's bodies when they're goofy. And um, here's the deal, you guys. My brother was born with dwarfism and um, limbs that looked pretty goofy. And when I would push him in the store in his wheelchair, people would stare at him. And he took it much better than I did. But it really left me with a strong understanding that we don't control the bodies that we got downloaded into. and. All that really matters is what's inside. And so when you guys look at people, this is the thing that I told them, when you look at people from now to the end of your life, I want you to remember that because it's the most important thing. See who's inside anybody.
0: I love that.
1: You know, and those are the sorts of things that teach me about myself, you know, so that maybe I can be a little bit more patient with me as well. Well, that's
0: wisdom in itself and uh, great advice for our listeners. Is there any other nuggets that you want to leave us with before we move into our meditation on just advice or guidance in this whole realm of service and volunteering?
1: You know, I think that a lot of times people measure themselves and say, oh, I'm not good enough, or I wouldn't know how to do that. And I just want to encourage people that all giving is sacred, whatever whatever you have to give. um, It's said that there are three things that are sacred we give in this life, our love, our labor, and our time. And whatever is appropriate for you, you know, there are people going through extraordinarily hard things right now. It is likely not appropriate that you do a sign-up volunteer regime like I do. Well and fine. Um, but there's tiny ways that we can give and they they all matter. There's not a you do all this so there's that's not a scorecard. No, there's no scorecard. Mm-hmm. It's just it's organic to who you are and to you know what you see in your life that maybe you could chip in a little. Mm-hmm. Or maybe what lights you up, where you feel yes. that sudden
0: pull or that desire yeah. that, that speaks to you because if each of us takes the area that speaks to
1: us there'll be enough covered yeah 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 absolutely and and if something does kind of ping your heart the thing you said earlier risk dare to maybe step out and see if there's a place that you could help or or something in that manner yeah pursue it yeah don't just ignore it don't just ignore it no
0: well we're going to close with the peace prayer of saint francis Mm. and tammy
1: actually picked this out and i will let her tell you why before we move into that Oh, because it is marvelous. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Which is, I think, what you're trying to do and doing well. Yeah. I'm glad
2: we're praying this because as you were talking, I was going to Google it and end with it. Bring us in.
0: I think, Ryan, it would be nice if you led the prayer for us.
2: All right. Can I tell a quick story about that? Please. Please. Uh, so, Salem, my seven-year-old daughter, I'm teaching her different prayers at night. So mm-hmm. she's learned the Lord's Prayer. She's got mm-hmm. that one nailed. Mm-hmm. She's learned the Serenity Prayer. She has that one nailed. Uh, and that was just last week. We prayed that. And she said, Poppy, I have this nailed. So we've been learning the that. prayer of St. Francis together. We oh. pray it before she goes to bed. And it goes like this. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.
0: Beautiful. So this wraps us up for today. I hope everybody feels inspired or lit up or curious about the ways in which you can go out into the world to serve and volunteer, whether that's within your home, whether that's within your community, wherever it might be. Let this be a light for each of us to dig deep and dig true for how we will serve.